Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week is part two of my chat from the guys from the In The Black podcast. Now if you tuned in last week, then you'll know the sort of general things we're speaking about, racial issues and that sort of thing. The podcast of part one ended with a discussion on Black Panther and that sort of continues in this one. Um, So that's the sort of things that you can kind of expect. I will just say... Last week I did stupidly upload the wrong episode, so anyone who downloaded part one of this chat last week, you may have got a version which was basically the same chat as the one from the week before, which was with Christopher Gerg of Tetra Defense. That's completely my fault, I made an error, I'm really sorry about that. I think I amended it on Thursday, I think it was, that it all got sorted and things. So any regular listeners, if you went back and listened and it sounded a bit familiar or it wasn't what you are expecting, that's the reason why. Uh, so please go back and re-download that if you haven't already listened to it and as I say I do apologize for this I did put on social media I'm just a pleb and I did that by accident fortunately it's the only time I've done it so far on genuine chit chat hopefully it'll be the only time I do it but uh, Big O was kind enough to let me know it had happened on Thursday and that's how I realized it I normally check these things quite thoroughly I checked all the audio files and everything it was just the last final bit of the upload process I didn't check so sorry about that Anyway, just quickly before we get started, what you can expect from this chat in very small detail is we speak about representation, uh, diversity and stereotyping, uh, the influence of people in power, the differences in the UK and US's views on sort of racism and immigration, Idris Elba and Daryl Davis come up, and then towards the end we speak about, well, Big O, Phil and L all give their opinions on the future of black America and potential reparations for slavery and other things. So that's what you can expect from this chat. There won't be a promo this week either um so it's the chat is just going to get started basically as soon as the intro music comes in and does the usual stuff so you know thank you so much for listening guys i appreciate anyone's patience about the error from last week and i do apologize for that and for any new listeners i will be back at the end of this chat just to give a bit more information of what is to come and other such like um i have started up a new podcast as well um about star wars comics that is going to be detailed not only in the description but also at the end of the show as well so be sure to tune in for that anyway guys thank you so much for tuning in i really hope you enjoyed the chat as much as i did it's one of my favorites that i've ever done and i'll talk to you at the end welcome to genuine chit chat where we have honest conversations with interesting people and i'm your host mike burton I think the change for me, though, that really gravitated me towards the other side of seeing the importance of it was uh, Black Panther. I was a fan of Black Panther in the comic long before uh, when Reggie Reginald Hudlin was mm-hmm. doing it. I thought it was the greatest thing yeah. ever. Uh, Priest was dope too. when I saw them. Yeah, Priest was okay. Yeah. I like Priest's. But Christopher Priest, Priest, for people who don't, they don't know, know you, right? We're speaking blurred. <laughs> uh, but when Black Panther came out, that changed my perspective. And it only changed my perspective purely from the standpoint of giving little black kids something to see in the Afrofuturism perspective. Yeah. Uh, it was major for me for my daughter to be able to see Shuri, who she still follows and still thinks is the greatest thing. Uh, that right there, that representation meant a whole lot so it began to change my perspective but i still cringe every now and then when i see you know the the super negro the black negro sidekick in a movie the shit irritates me sometimes so i still struggle <laughs> with it. with um i was just gonna say with my uh, my perspective on uh, with black panther is when people i'm, I'm a massive nerd i've seen you know, all the marvel movies and obviously star wars tattoos so full-on um it's with with Black Panther, one of the things when people ask me uh, sort of what my opinion is of it and um, as a film, one thing I say to them is that my my issue with Black Panther is just the very end I find is not <laughs> like the, the, the final bout when there's the CGI fighting. That lets the film down to a degree. But I find that the social commentary is so far beyond anything Marvel has released by I know that it's not solely from that film. I, I know that uh, sort of Wakanda and things is from the comics, but I feel like... One of the things that I found that that film I liked so much about it was that the standard it flipped on its head. Obviously, that's the mm, point. Yeah, it's that yeah, yeah. you know Africa, Africa in general is seen as one of the sort of poorest continents essentially, sure. and and obviously the the individual uh, sort of countries within that within that same uh, sort of opinion. Yeah. With Black Panther, what it did is it said no, we've got 
technology beyond white people. We've got wealth beyond. We've got happiness beyond. We've got all these things and we don't need you. And in the film, it's showing if you, you know, the, the whole brilliance of the villain, um, Michael B. Jordan, um, is his character is, apart from probably Thanos, I'd say is the best villain in Marvel because he is... I was rooting for him. I was like, you are, yeah. right. you are actually correct. You are like, yes. And it's Mike, like, they're going to take away your white like, person card. You're going to watch yourself. Good grief. So, and, you know what I mean? And it's like, that's the problem is that the, 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 the best thing about that film is that the social commentary is, is so powerful, but it's upsetting that it took them till, I think that's phase three. Yeah, they, before they finally put it in. And it. it's, it's yeah. always, in my opinion, when it comes to uh, representation, uh, and obviously I'm nowhere near as, uh, informed on this sort of matter as any of you guys we won't hold that against you we're inviting you to the cookout though (laughs) oh yeah I definitely want that (laughs) no (laughs) so what what I feel about it is I find that with a lot of the representation um, in accordance with everything you guys have said it seems to be a lot of the time it gets you know Black Panther gets released and it's like oh amazing fantastic skin like sort of skin level uh, skin deep that's perfect, amazing. You know, everyone's happy in air quotes. But then you look further into it, and then you start seeing the cracks. In a sense, you go, "Well, why is it taking them this long to release this? Why is it only in phase three and not one of the earlier phases? If it's this important, mm. why is it that this is, apart from I think Blade, to my knowledge, yes. one of the only major yes, of superheroes that yeah. are black on mm. big screen? Yeah. And also, what I find is what happens quite a lot is you have a black uh, character superhero ever. And their identity is solely the fact that they're black. And there's there's as some of the time, I don't think this is the case with Black Panther. And I don't think this is the case with Blade either. But there are certain characters or certain representations that seem to be like, hey, look, we've got a black person. We're, they're in the forefront. By the way, we are going to consistently and all of their entire personality is solely going to be on the basis of yeah. black. Yeah. I don't know. See, that, that's, yeah. that's the that... caveat with this, <laughs> with this diversity push. It, it, it makes everyone, it seems like everyone's in a marathon to be the, to be the first. Everyone's to be to be the to be the to be the the pioneer because they're they're because they're obviously benefits of being the pioneer, right? Right. Not really. Uh, <laughs> not really. <laughs> um, um, that's a lie. But uh, you know, but yeah, that, that's that's the biggest caveat to all this push for diversity is that yeah, everyone's racing to the finish because they'll get the most money, they'll get the most respect, they'll be seen as the least racist. So if you're seen as the least racist, the more diverse people come to your show. And I mean, granted, I guess a bottom line can't be escaped here, you know, but, and there, there, so there, there has to be some level of sincerity, but it does start to break apart when, um, you know, we only see these uh, instances rather infrequently or yeah. only in certain very specific strains. You know what I mean? I mean, granted, Marvel is starting to, you know, to, to open the floodgates quite a bit. Um, with with the Pakistani American female coming, uh, you know, a, a Latina uh, a gay woman is coming soon, um, you know, things of that nature. But um, at the same time, um, it shouldn't feel like a marathon, like like a, like a sprint to the finish. That we have to be first. That we have to be the one. That we have to be the one to show you how to do it. You know, I think it's because we battle with these stereotypes, and just to just to bring it down just a bit, mm-hmm. I think in the here in the US, in the United States, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, that there is this off, uh, this off thought or back thought that people with English accents are like they have to be cultured, they have to be smart, and I bet you the reverse is the same, or the reverse is uh, the case in the UK when the, when you hear an American accent, you're like, okay, yeah, this is one of those type of folks or whatever, right? <laughs> I, I, I want to make sure that I'm clear. Men with English accents are gross. <laughs> Women with English accents, Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> Women with English Dude, accents makes my teeth sweat. Oh my God, I love every single bit. <laughs> now that we've, uh, we're going to edit that part out. My wife is going to listen to this. I, I, don't just, I ain't saying But I was just battling through those stereotypes that we have to be able to say, okay, well, you know, it's not just about that as much as my blackness or my, Asianness or whatever you want to call it is is prominent or is a or I guess is a benefit to me. It's not solely who I am, and we want you to be able if you're going to tell the story of of us or allow us to be in the story, tell our full story. Don't hamper it or whitewash it or milk it down just because it makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable. 
Mm. Yeah, it, it is one of those things, and it happens. Obviously, this conversation is more centered around um, obviously uh, blackness, but it happens a lot. I find with any minority, anyone who isn't a straight white mm. male, for so long, it's always that way because it was like when you get, say, a homosexual individual, say, a gay man on screen. For so long, it wasn't just hey. This person just happens to be gay, but they're a person is. They are camp. They are flailing their wrists about. They couldn't be more obviously gay. And that's it. That's the only representation. And that sort of thing seems to happen quite a lot just across the board of these things. Let me ask you, why do you think that that is then, Mike? Yeah, go ahead. Why do you think that is? I think it's for... I think the reason is because it's disingenuous. I think it's because people don't actually want... A lot of the, the sort of the people at the top... They don't want to actually show representation because, in brutal honesty, they don't give a shit. They don't Mm. at all. Because, you know, what they really want to do is, as you guys have said, fill their pockets. Well, with Black Panther, due to the sort of cultural impact of it and the importance, it obviously made, I think, like over a billion. So now, you know, Disney slash Marvel are going like... Eat, they were like, oh, let's let's let them have this one. See how it goes. Let's just be careful with it. You know, we're not sure how this is going to go. Yeah. Not doing it for the right reasons. And then when it made loads of money, they're like, oh, yeah. we've got yeah. a whole market yeah. here. Yes, let's do loads of these. And it's one of those things where you can never really know what the intent is. But I think you have one has to try to unfortunately take what you can yeah. get in some way not be as i don't mean in any way i don't mean in any way be content with it right. in any way shape or form i'm not saying that's okay but sometimes it's like yeah this has got this in it but for just this moment let's just be happy we've got this oh, yeah. and then tomorrow yeah, we'll we then that. go okay here's all the problems and that's exactly what and that's we did kind of, yep this is some bullshit exactly. but let's go enjoy it yeah this is some bullshit but we're going to have a good time life in yeah. america you know yeah, that's a little black <laughs> person America. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is some bullshit. Let's do it. One thing I was thinking, um, this is just a random thought, and I hope it doesn't uh, offend any of you guys, but um, I just wrote it down because it came out of uh, nowhere, and I think it's, <laughs> especially in America, the only thing that white people are more scared of than black people is being called racist. <laughs> and, uh, do you know what I mean? Uh, I just thought of that, and I was just like... I, I'm not saying it's necessarily true, no, I, I, but it just seems to be that way in, in my say well, Either they're racist or they're terrified to some degree of being called racist to I, such a huge degree, they kind of become racist by... I, no, you know what? I have to disagree because every damn Halloween... Every damn Halloween, a bunch of a bunch of white folks act like they don't care that they lose their jobs, their homes, their families from, from, from oh, black folks. Yeah, right. So I'm like, I'm not but, sure if... But not only that, with the... The elevation of Trump to office really has emboldened, uh, and I hate that. I don't think he birthed a bunch of races. I don't think, you know, he created a bunch of races. I think he gave a bunch of white races some get up and go enabled them. type of shit, some energy. He definitely enabled them. So uh, I don't think white people care about being called racist anymore, Mike. Uh, I think maybe before it might have been an issue. I don't think they care about it at all. Uh, I don't know what they're scared of. I, I don't know what white people in America are afraid of. I don't think they're afraid of us. I think a lot of black people feel like they're white people are scared of us. I don't think they have a fucking reason to be scared of us uh, no. just because they sit in a position of power. Uh, I, I don't know what they're afraid of, man. And hmm. I don't think that they really, and when I, when I say white people, just to be clear, and this Mike, this is something I very rarely say. I very rarely. He's lying. He says it all the time. Uh, I never say <laughs> I'm not says a racist. All the damn time. So I don't like white people. I never make those type of caveats, those type of disclaimers. But since I'm speaking to a different audience, I want to be clear. When I speak about white people and whiteness, I'm speaking very general because this has been the universal feeling of most of us in black America. Uh, that we don't know what you guys are afraid of here in the States. I don't think that they really give a fuck about other people. And honestly, I don't know why black people here in America feel like white people should give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Mm. It, it's one of those, it's one of the things where obviously in England, um, we can, we'll get into this sort of, cause it was on one of the notes anyway. Um, in England, the, the type of racism seems to be slightly different from, that of America in some way. Uh, the 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 number one sort of um, attacked 
uh, group of people is is different. So in now it's brown people. From my perspective, Muslims, is that right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. in America, it was generally. It seems to be you know at the fourth kind of like which is the most serious it seems, but not talked about as much is black people and then immigrants, primarily Mexican immigrants, mm-hmm. not Canadian immigrants because obviously they're white, but you know, different. That's that's the problem. Mm-hmm. In England, what it seems to be is. From my experience, I'm sure there has been racism in in England in recent times, definitely. But from my experience, it's not about white or black. It is more so, as you said, oh, it's more so about people being Muslim, people being, you know, immigrants, that sort of aspect of it. And there's so many because it's fear. The problem is, is that what people have is that they think everything in my immediate circle is perfect. And around me, there is no one who is different to me. And therefore, anything bad that happens is only because of these different people coming in. Even though the irony in both America and England having such issues with racism and immigration, being that those are the two countries which have benefited arguably the most from those exact (laughs) things, is that England is literally, we've been been invaded constantly over the thousands of years and taken over you're right Mike. and then we're the ones I that forgot. go see, Mike, Mike, <laughs> Mike is one of the good ones Mike is one of the good I ones forgot. we appreciate you uh, right, we're still vetting them out still vetting them. okay my bad my bad I want, I want the real history it, now it's, it's just <laughs> so it, it's just one of those things where you know we had so many people come in and invade and take over and all that sort of jazz and then we go around the world and we do this to all these other countries and then when they go we're saying like oh we want to go over and colonize everyone because we're so great and then when people go hey can we can we come over there and it sounds really cool. Can we? No. What, what, you're you're going out telling us that you're better than everyone, <clears throat> t- trying to take over places that don't want to be taken over, and then you're now not letting people in because you're worried they're going to cause problems. Do, do you not see... <laughs> and that's kind of what's like in America as well, in a lot of ways. That's America. So you, yeah, that's America. To, yeah. to be blunt, you like. let's be honest and blunt here. The, the reason that the majority of black people are in America is due to slavery. Yeah. yeah, yeah that yeah. wasn't their choice. Yeah. It w- wasn't their yeah. choice to be over yeah. there. So they, you guys, right, where your ancestors get dragged over to a place they don't want to go to, they start, you know, over years, well, hundreds of years and years and years of oppression and racism and horrendous atrocities. They are getting nearer the point of being seen as sort of full-class citizens as well. Obviously, it should on paper, it should be that way, but you guys still aren't treated as much, which is the problem. Yeah. And yet... You guys never wanted to be there, but then you're there trying to make it work, trying to, you know, live your lives and trying to make, you know, make money, the the capitalist American dream, yet you're still somehow, you can't win. And it's the same over here with immigrants. Mm. If an immigrant comes over here and works hard, they're stealing our jobs. But if they come over here and they don't work so hard, you're, you're, then you're living they're off the door. Welfare. Yeah. And if they don't come over here at all, then we're like, we don't want to be. But here. you know what's funny is that that's such a distinction like that. I mean, you know what's funny because I've been reading uh, articles as of I mean we've been reading a, a bunch, especially in preparation for the for the show, and seeing that the UK seems to have a an age disparity issue, like with the United States too. There mm. are so so many people that are in that baby boomer uh, retirement age, and I mean uh, I don't know about Mike; he's a millennial, so hopefully he's he's getting the good stuff on the side once he gets off the recording. But a lot of you UK folks apparently aren't having sex. So there's nobody creating the next generation of, of workers to fill in the spot. Right. So I think that that's like, um, I think that that's like amazing. So it's like, okay, you, you have all these old folks, they're going into retirement. They're going to be dead maybe within the next 15 to 20 years. But at the same time, you don't want immigrants to come over. And in the third place, you're not doing what you need to do to replenish the population so that you don't have to rely on immigrants coming over to be part of your workforce. Like, it really kind of blows my mind. You see that here in the United States as well. It's like, okay, well, we don't want to give you the proper uh, the proper due to allow you to advance in society. But then at the same time, we have all these baby boomers and there's no one coming behind them to fill in these spots and do what they need to do. And ultimately, at the end of the day, you're still told, and probably the same thing happens in the UK, that you're part of... The, the tapestry that makes up the country. Anytime they want to talk about uh, nationalism, and I don't mean that in a negative way, talking about uh, cultural nationalism, they incorporate everyone, whether you're Muslim, whether you're Indian, whether you're Jamaican, whether you're Nigerian, wh- regardless of what it is. And then when it comes time to vote and decide on policies, then yeah. it's like, okay, well, yeah, now oh, we got to take a step back and look at really who's really British or who's really American in those conversations. I was wow. watching something not too long ago I don't know if they still show it on British TV. I saw this a while back, but it's called The Event. 
Okay. And they happen to have one of my favorite white people on the show, Jane Elliott, who is the creator of the blue eyed, green eyed test, basically a test that she put after the death or the, excuse me, the assassination of Martin Luther King to describe to her all white class, why there are differences or why the society sees that there's differences and discrimination between black people and white people. But she just used blue eyes and green eyes to do that. So she brought that same premise to the UK and she did a TV show called The Event. And the premise or the title of that, that particular episode was called How Racist Are You? And it went through the processes of allowing black people, Indian people, Jamaicans, whatever the case is, to talk about their, their fears and understanding and experiences about racism. Yeah. And it was mind blowing to me as someone who's an American looking at from the outside in, that there are a lot of right, racist white people everywhere. Like you should have, the, the number of people that stood up and combated these experiences, these lived experiences as less than blew my mind. And I always had the opinion that, you know, like I said, you got you British people with your English accents. You got to be cultured. You guys got to be better than us over here. Like I thought you guys knew better. I mean, there is a general perception of uh, that. There is no, there is no perception of racial disparity in, in, your, in your country. It's in... The problem is with England is um, obviously this discussion is kind of obviously a lot of generalizations. You know, um, you guys know that not every white of person course, in America course. wants to oppress black people, and over here in England, not every white person wants hates immigrants and things. But the, the issue is, is that unfortunately there is, I believe, a minority, but an, an enough of a minority of racists who are all. Let me try and put it in this way: there are people who are. There's people who are racist who are actively against minorities. There are people who are basically, in a sense, kind of neutral. They're not against them, but they're not actually really going to do anything for them. They're just going to leave it. And then there's the people who are willing to stand up and fight for the right things. The problem is, I think, is that there's a high amount of people in the middle. Then there's a small amount of people who are sort of for minorities and a small amount of people who are against minorities. But the problem is, is the people who are against it are so much louder and so much more active than they are the people in the middle or the people who are actually wanting the betterment for people. So what ends up happening is that when you have things like, um, I think you guys want me to bring up Brexit to some degree. Brexit, you know, we joined the European Union several decades ago, I think the 60s or something along those lines, um, and everything has been fine, seemingly, and any issues caused is not because of Brexit. And then one of the politicians basically in their party, they're all fighting about um, trying to leave the EU. And then that person was prime minister, David Cameron. And he was like, you know what? Fine. Let's have a vote on it. Let's let the public vote. And then spread of misinformation on both sides, to be fair. Um, And then eventually Brexit happened and it was an incredibly slim uh, majority of wanting to leave. Then for years and years, everyone was kind of still fighting again and that sort of thing. And now we are officially leaving. Now, the issue is, is that... People seem to not. People seem to bring up things that have never been brought up before, which seem to have never bothered them before. But now suddenly, it's this huge issue. So it's they've never had an issue with being in the EU. We've never really had an issue with immigrants. And in fact, the statistics that I've looked at have shown that immigrants actually cause a net profit to our economy because the majority of people who are working in the NHS, which is our national health service, majority of the nurses and doctors are people from other countries and things um so they're people who generally also are not white the one of the, the sort of standard in, in england is you often get an indian doctor you know <laughs> no one complains about that that's not a problem no one should really give a shit but it seems to be all of a sudden once brexit was in everyone's minds all these people who were seemingly never had a political opinion before are so angry about an issue which is not caused by immigrants but blame immigrants and will force everything on them and it's this weird, it's like, it's it's not quite cognitive dissonance, but it's just like, you sat around being fine, and then someone kind of runs in your house and says, quick, the immigrants, they're going to destroy everything. And you go, okay, quick, let's go, let's get them. And then not think about anything, not look at any research, not even think as a human being, okay, surely if there are people coming over to our country, there is a reason for that. Why is that? Well, we have a national healthcare service. We have a lot of job opportunities. We have, you know, quite liberal uh, government generally, you know, for, you know, gay marriage and that sort of thing. And you're thinking, okay, well, these people want to come over here to make their lives better. And they generally do make the country better from what the statistics show. But instead, they come over here wanting a better life for themselves, wanting to work. The statistics show the majority of people who are unemployed and claiming benefits are unsurprisingly white English people. (laughs) 
And even so, it's all these things where somehow what keeps on happening is that. Well, I know why the reason is because white people seem to, you know, are in power, make a lot of the laws, and the majority of politicians are. So it's very easy to scapegoat sure. and to say, look, that person looks different to you, therefore they are the problem. Yeah. It's not us, it's them. And then it snowballs from there, and it just becomes this gigantic issue of immigration and all these things, rather than, hey, it shouldn't it be the corporations at the top who are getting out of tax loopholes? You know, the statistics show that benefit fraud and things is an incredibly small detriment to the British economy. What is a massive detriment to British economy is the amount of companies such as Amazon and Google and things who operate in here uh, but do not pay any tax. Yeah, yeah. And you guys have that issue yeah, we as well. do have that issue. Is there a, is there a connection? You know, the connection is messaging. You look at people like David Cameron I, 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 and Boris Johnson I, 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 that are over there doing the messaging. Yeah, That's why they believe propaganda the Propaganda at its finest. Yeah. Like who who is gaslighting all of this? Yeah, well, well, white people up in power. It's normally the problem is is that the majority of people in power in the Western world seem to be old white dudes who got into power in probably dodgy means, uh, and then they're in power, and then they control all the money and all the laws. Mike, you got to be very careful. Anything. I want to make listen, listen. I love your show, <laughs> and I love how you well, get to are a so honest. Yeah, but you are going to be an old white dude one day. You don't want to burn any bridges. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. I am going to be an <laughs> I'm, That's fine. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's it, yeah, it is just it, the, the simple fact is i don't think there's any uh black individuals who are in a position of power in england who have caused any issues yes. we're in america the only you had your you know uh, it's the word is the token because you know what happens is they go we're not racist why we had that one guy that means that there we go so racism <laughs> solved we had barack obama and therefore for the next 200 years we're gonna have loads of white and orange people <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't racial slur. Yeah, what a clarify <laughs> man let's not bring people down man let's 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 talk some fun stuff before we wrap so we can wrap this thing up i don't want your listeners to think that it's just a you just brought these three black guys on here to land based white people <laughs> like god damn that's that's I not mean, why that's, I, I not got why people over that's not why we were brought on this show <laughs> that's, there that's here. no it wasn't just a like a white motherfucker at the beginning of the jump <laughs> off the jump i'm consistent I'm <laughs> yeah true 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 all right let me ask you this mike man um why are you guys sending so many uh actors over here to the united states <laughs> I just, Sorry, sending. I, I missed the why are you guys so sending so many British actors over here to oh the United States God. to take our spot? I'm just saying. So I mean, many. Idris Elba wasn't enough. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya. I was like, okay, you guys got um, it's, it's enough. Um, we're, we're we're getting tired of all the British dude, guys coming over. Dude to from uh from uh um that John Singleton joint. Which one is that? Um, Snowfall. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah what yeah, is his name? Yeah. He's um Frank's. He's British. Uh, yeah, he is. He's British, bro. Yeah. Man, shut up. Yeah, and and, and, okay, and, and his top boy is raw. Oh my god! Yeah. Top boy is off. The yeah, yeah, it is. yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So, so why are you guys sending all your folks over here, Mike? What's going on? They, they can't get no jobs over Sorry. there. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> in, in all honesty, I can't think of a joke, and I can't think of a reason. So I don't. I don't know. I think you know. Uh, in the really unfunny bland answer. Money. Yeah. You guys have a much more pre uh, prevalent uh, sort of media and movie industry. Uh, and, it, you know, obviously it's one of those things as well. Probably the wokeness is a part of it. Mm -hmm. or being, you know, mm -hmm. that level of it of like, you know, Idris Elba, you know, he's a very well-spoken black individual. You know, we need to use him as the poster child mm -hmm. to prove we're not racist. Mm -hmm. We love it. Which is not, I, want, I, I do like. <laughs> did, have you guys ever I heard like Idris Elba's story really about him. how he got the spot on um The Wire? No, I never cared. No, I didn't. <laughs> never cared. <laughs> God damn. No, so he went to go uh he went to go um do the acting or receive the acting call to um play it wasn't even Stringer Bell that he was playing for. Yeah, he was, it was somebody uh, else entirely. It, it was somebody it was one of the other guys that he wanted to yeah. get a spot for. And the, his coach, not his coach, yeah, I think his acting coach and someone else told him, Hey, listen, I know that you're really, really good. But the writer, the the creator of Behind the Wire, he's like he does not like British people, man. He does not like them. He does. He hates them. Matter of fact. So whatever you do, speak with your English accent and do not tell him you're from the UK. So he goes and does his audition and he he knocks it out the park. And then they're like, okay, well, we want you to come back and do another reading. And he came back and he did another reading. So the guy asked him, "Where are you from?" He said, "Uh, um, I'm from." 
Middle America. And he looked at the dude like, what? Where in Middle America are you from? I'm from uh, Detroit. Where in Detroit are you from? And finally he's like, man, you got me, man. I'm from the fucking UK. I don't know what else to tell you. And he said, luckily enough, he had done such a good job by that point in terms of, you know, the role and doing it during the audition. They were like, okay, we'll let you, we'll let you slide. And we all, <laughs> we'll choose an English person for this role. I didn't even know Idris Elba was British until after the damn wire was over. Yeah, well, in all honesty, I'm, I, I've only seen, annoyingly, I started watching a while with a friend of mine and then she didn't want to watch it anymore. And I've got all the DVDs and I have not yet watched it all. So I'm a terrible mm-hmm. person. I'm sorry, guys. Take your time. I know, it just went down the estimations. Especially season estimations. three. Yeah. yeah, Mike, you need a, a good black friend that's going to watch that with you. <laughs> to explain certain things. You know what? Like, oh, we're signing up for so that. So we're going to have to, we're going to have to establish a watch party, Mike, so I can be that black friend to guide to guide you through episodes of the <laughs> Please. Oh, oh man. Am I allowed? To, am I allowed to take photos of us together just to prove? You know what? <laughs> Me, I have no problem with that. But Elgin, he doesn't like that shit. So they're looking for me. <laughs> He's gonna come looking for you. He doesn't like that shit too much. They're looking for me, man. So I'm trying to. I would not mind. Warrants. I would not mind. You have my clearance. Please feel free to take as many photos as you would like. Please. Um, just a quick thing is, um, have you guys, um, I don't know how much you guys all listen to, uh, podcasts in general, but have you listened to the, uh, Daryl Davis podcast with Joe Rogan? I have oh, not. Wa- I, I, to be very honest with you, Joe Rogan is an acquired taste. He's a, he has yeah, a very good show. On and off, don't yeah. get it twisted. On and off. But he, he has a very good show, but That's I have fine. not, I have not listened to that episode yet. I, I would recommend, uh, specifically listen to that one. Do you, do you know who Daryl Davis is? I didn't know who he was. Uh, until you're talking about Daryl Davis, the, 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 he used to be a jazz player or some sort of blues mm-hmm. player, and he went through America befriending Ku Klux Klan members oh, along the way. That yeah. Yeah, that, that dude, he's, right there. he's a bold and incredible black guy. I tell you, is that, that what he is? Yeah, okay. I, I say it's what do you call it if it's not nah, bold? Listen, man, I want to hear what Mike has to say. <laughs> 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 One of the points he, I'd really recommend it to the podcast because it's, it's a, obviously Rogan's one's always like three hours long. And in honesty, if you don't like Rogan, he barely talks in yeah. it. So okay, it's wow, okay. It's, um, so with, with it, he, he talks about his experiences and how he went uh, across America, as you say, and basically was essentially converting uh, people from the Ku Klux Klan. And one of the things that he said was the most interesting, which kind of links into something we were talking about slightly earlier, which was what he found was when you approach these individuals who are racist, and it happens over here with people who are against immigrants and etc., is that almost every single time anyone is actually racist, it's, own, it's because they've never actually interacted with anyone who they hate. They've never had a normal interaction. Sure. And then they get involved in these groups and that their parents are in it or whoever. And then you walk down the street shouting racial slurs. Obviously, people who you are offending will react negatively towards you. And then it reinforces that whole, oh, yeah, well, they're definitely terrible. because You know what I mean? And so what Daryl Davis was saying is that he, whenever they said these things, because um, they talk about, he asked that one of the leaders of the, of the KKK, like, why do you believe you're better than uh, us? And then he used all these stupid uh, explanations to make sense. I think he quoted, the lamb must not lay with the wolf in the Bible. And apparently that's to do with black and whites, which obviously is ridiculous. But that's the kind of dissonance they do where they force anything to fit their own narrative. And what you're saying is he just hung out with these people uh, and just act normally. If they brought up like racist shit, he would you know, argue with them, but not in a horrible way. He would just say his point of view. And he said just slowly over time, pretty much all of them that he interacted with would just leave. So I think that the issue is here, and it's it's current in so many places, is that what people love to do is they hate things that they don't know about. And then that hate pushes the thing they don't know about even further away. And it becomes this cycle of just never wanting to learn. Mm. And I think it comes from that deep core thing, which happens with a lot of individuals. And I find that in my opinion, it happens with men uh, more is the inability to admit when one is wrong. And the problem is, is that once someone's made their mind up and they've had this one thought, which has had no basis, they are so attached to their own ego and the lack of being able to say, look, I am sorry. I was ill-informed. I'm willing to go ahead. They will just double down and they will just put their hands in and say, no, I'm sticking to this, even though none of it makes any sense. Mm. And I think that is one of the things that causes some of the most uh, major problems in the world in general, but also more specifically of what we've been talking about, about 
immigration and that is basically hand in hand with racism mm. it's i don't know those people i don't want to know them and i've made this uh random pointless stupid uh sort of thought about them and regardless of any evidence i'm shown i'm never going to change it mm. and it just goes from yeah. there yeah i think you're right and the unfortunate part is that that type of mentality leads to indoctrination because you pass that type of mentality down to other folks and it becomes a, exactly. a cycle and it you got to be uh in a special place to be able to break that cycle i'll be very honest with you yeah. man true yeah yeah, I mean, it's, it's a terrible thing. But do you guys have interest? I know we're going to be wrapping up in a moment, but do you guys, are you optimistic for the future? No. And I don't mean the next two, couple of years. I mean, long term. Thank you, Al. Appreciate that. I like the honesty. But just in general, like it's, I need, I wanted all three of you on for a good balanced perspective. So it's good. But like, you know, there is that level of woke culture and the sort of over political correctness in a sense of not actually doing it for the right reasons and just doing yeah, it to show yeah. off to people that you're, you know, woke. But do do you guys think that eventually, I mean, I'll quickly say my thought is that I think eventually it'll get to a point where they won't have a choice because there's that idea that because of the race essentially mixing in theory eventually Mm -hmm. everyone's just going to basically be like a middle ground color is that what we're going to have to wait for before everyone can stop fighting over stupid shit and we can fight over other (laughs) stupid shit like you know money oil and that sort of stuff yeah Yeah. Yeah. i'm gonna tell you i'm not optimistic uh i don't think i'm ever going to see it in my lifetime uh and i have a really deep doubt that my children will see it in their lifetime uh because i don't think it's something that that white people want to take place. Uh, I think if it did happen, it would only be a sort of dying out process that you mentioned. I think, because what we see, Mike, unfortunately, is we have this idea that racism is purely about a hatred of skin color. Uh, And that's a small component of it. Racism is so much more than the hatred of skin color. It's a combination of skin color, superiority and power those would be the 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 recipe for what a racist is because in there is that power dynamic the privilege that comes with whiteness i think that's the part that white people have a most difficult time giving up and that's probably their deepest fear is getting rid and losing that whiteness that power that privilege I, i have a strong doubt of that man i just i don't see Uh, I never see a time in history where people who are in power willingly give up their power to people that they made power off of in order to create equality. I I can't think of a time in history that that's taken place. And I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, no doubt. Phil, why don't you go ahead next, man? Well, I mean, I I have to say that, you know, I can't be optimistic for the immediate future. But I'd like to think that, you know, my niece and nephew's generation you know, a, a, along dope. with, yeah. you know, the advances in technology, the certain level of rebellion you can have with, with that, you know, the, you know, what, what a gifted child, a gifted black child can do without school can be just as powerful as what they can do in school. Um, I'd like to think that we will find true financial empowerment through, unfortunately, probably the same capitalistic methods we've been growing up off of and we'll probably master them in terrible ways but we'll do it for the benefit of the people it's gonna hurt but um and, and my old ass probably won't like it but that's what i think could happen yeah for me i'm pretty much indifferent to it i used to be optimistic in that sense and think that you know it's right around the corner that this whole racism thing is going to break apart like a like a delicate China, but uh, delicate China doll, and then we'll have this, you know, kumbaya moment amongst ourselves. But uh, the older I get in age, the more I see that we are—I don't want to sound pessimistic—but the further we are from getting to that point. Um, like I said, I'm indifferent at this stage in my life. Ellen and I were in the service. I think we've always been taught, especially as servicemen, that. You wish for the best, but you prepare for the worst. Prepare for the worst. And that's yeah. what I do with myself, with my family, with my, my family. children, yeah. is not that I don't want to lead them in a sense that they they automatically become or see themselves as victims of this whole scenario, but they exactly. are prepared and have the tools necessary to be able to combat it and to overcome it because there's no choice. It's going to be there regardless if they want it or not. And just to make sure that they're they're coming out better for it at the at the end run. It's a rough battle. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's the the time that you said there, you know, sort of hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst. I mean, I think I've said 
not to do with this subject matter, but I've said that general thing, uh, I think on this podcast, about life in general. It's one of the best ways to be is, is trying to be optimistic and hoping the optimism will pay off, but knowing that humans are really, really shit to each other a lot of the time <laughs> and having yeah, to deal with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I may ask one final question uh, before we sort of end up. This is one which, in all honesty, I've never asked... Uh, I've never asked a black individual this question um, and I've heard it discussed a bit before and sorry if it's too much of a big be question. Careful. But be careful. Of, Elgin has just gotten his passport so <laughs> he might come and pay you a visit. <clears throat> He's willing to come and pay you a visit so be careful with the question. I'll put an embargo on his ass. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> um, it, it's essentially the, the, the idea essentially reparations do you guys think that maybe too much of a big question I did I, I, I will say I didn't write it down or anything like that it was I only just thought of it but do you think because I, I don't really I, I don't have an opinion on it in the sense of I've thought about yeah. it but I have no to brutally honest and literally I have no skin in the game of this sure. so do you think that it would actually be of benefit in some way or do you think it is more seen as if they actually did do it which it doesn't seem like they're going to but if they did do that it would be more of a publicity stunt than actually anything helpful and it would actually cause more detriment because it would support some of the bad things that sort of races are thinking you know what mm, I mean so, I see what you're saying what are your opinions I see on what that you're saying. go ahead Al because I know you got a lot to say about reparations oh, God. <laughs> uh, make it quick though uh, you know Mike's got to go to bed honestly i don't think it's going to happen uh do black people descendants of slaves in america have a need for it are they due or owed reparations absolutely but what is going to take place i believe is there won't be a cutting of the check they're not going to hand black people, descendants of slaves, a check of some sort of dollar amount. They're going to try to pacify us in a number of variety of ways, whether it be uh, education, you know, free schooling uh, or some of these other methods that they're going to use. Again, I can't see a white dominant government giving people who they have built their power base off power to create equality. I, I just... I have a hard time seeing that. I don't think it's going to take place, unfortunately. I would love for them to do that, though. Go ahead, Phil. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm in the same boat. I, I can't see the idea of reparations becoming a reality in my lifetime or, you know, in my niece and nephew's lifetime. Um, you, know, the, you know, reparations, even though reparations has occurred um, in different forms for other, other groups, too. Uh, but for this particular group, um, yeah. The form that reparations we even have to take would be, Man. would be. I mean, mm. it would be it would be revolutionary. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever form they, they they would have to be agreed upon to 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 pay back, you know, the centuries yeah. of blood and pain. I mean, you can't put. I don't think you put a money a monetary figure on it. I mean, free schooling is one thing, you know, but yeah, right. but they kind of kind of already kind of already doing that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And they're gonna point to that like, what about public school? But public school, yeah, public school yeah. sucks. <laughs> oh, man. For me, uh, to be honest with you, man, I don't see it happening in my lifetime. I don't see it happening in my children's lifetime. I don't see it happening in their children's lifetime. To be very frank with you, uh, but at the same time, is it owed? Hell yeah, it's owed because just on the simple fact that the, you took people that did work forced them to do it for free and you made profit just on the basis of fairness it needs to happen then when you look at the fact that the united states gave reparations to japanese internments gave reparations to jewish people that were not even victims of atrocities on this soil Absolutely. gave it to native americans talk less of people that you enslaved and have kept under some form of oppression for 400 years i think that that is Cutting them a check is the least you could do. Mm -hmm. Talk less of, oh, we are, by the way, we might as well treat you nicely uh, and not beat you up in the streets and all that other stuff. So That's fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it, it was one of those questions that, yeah, no, I just, I, you know, I don't think it's, unfortunately, I, I, I do not believe it's going to happen either. And I, I would want to know if, I obviously be, believe it is clearly owed, but I didn't know if, 
my, my mindset, I was thinking that with a certain racist, what they would potentially do is use that even further against yourselves. Because if you did say, get, I'm not saying this is a reason to not do it in any way, but if you if say, as an example, really simple example, every black individual got a certain amount of money and then free schooling, free education, etc. And then what a lot of the racists would potentially do is they would go, oh, the only the only reason that um, that the only reason that you blacks are in these powers is because we gave it yeah, to you. Right, right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, and that's, one, that's one of those things where it could have been more damaging out. in the yeah, long run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in, uh, the unfortunate part about that is that not only is that an argument from white racists, but that's right. also an argument from other from black people black that black will people. do the same thing. They will tell you that you're playing the victim, that you don't need that money, that you need to just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And be an American. Even, and being American, in spite of knowing the historical facts of how black people were treated, as Phil has eloquently said already at the beginning, we're not looking for handouts. We're looking for what to do. And I think anybody that's a genuine human being that works hard for a living wants themselves and their family to advance just wants what's due to them. That's it. Hundred percent. Yep. And it's it's unfortunate that I mean, having this conversation with you guys has been absolutely fantastic and I really appreciate you taking the time oh, out. Man. But it's actually quite upsetting that we have to even have half of the conversations we've yeah. had because the world is in such shambles in so many ways. And even from my view, not enough people talking about it. It took me looking and searching and getting into podcasting to then find your guys' show to then even have the idea of these questions. Yeah. And the problem is is that I shouldn't have to go to that length to even know what the question I should be asking is, let alone trying to figure the answer yeah. out. And I think that's one of the biggest issues. So I think that what you guys have been doing uh, with your podcast and coming on this podcast is helping spread the word of just people asking the right questions. Yeah. And once the questions can get asked to all the people, then we can start figuring out the sure, answers. Sure, let's talk about it. Yeah. yeah. That's it, yeah, exactly. exactly. And I, yeah. 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 100%. Mike, man, we are so thankful to be on the show, man. I know that you're going to do a great job of pushing this to all of your all of your black friends. But you are now an honorary you're now an honorary white friend of the in the black podcast. We want to thank you too, man. Thank you for that. Great time. Thank you so much for that. Well, you guys are always welcome on the show and um, you know, maybe we'll like keep doing this again like maybe like later in this year or something if there's, if there's any issues you want to yeah. kind of flag yeah, up sounds yeah. great to me that'd be awesome you always always sounds welcome great guys. To me. let me just do a shameless plug uh once again we are the in the black podcast we are everywhere every major social media every uh major streaming uh platform that you can think of you can find us on facebook twitter instagram at in the black pdcst Come to our website, check out past episodes, check out all the good stuff, www.intheblackpodcast.com. And yeah, thank you. We're the In The Black Podcast. I'm Big O, and uh, I'll let these other clowns in. I'm L. Orange Crush. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And of course, we have uh, have uh, White Mike. Is that, White Mike? Is that good? <laughs> oh, White Mike. Yes, oh, White Mike. Right. That's it. That's the moniker, oh, dog. White Mike. Oh, White Mike. Yes. <laughs> it's better than White wow. Motherfucker. I mean, oh. <laughs> White Mike. White Motherfucker. Pick which one you want to be. Oh my God. No, it was great, man. It was great. Amazing. Great, great job, man. Great job, man. And that's the end of the podcast. Thanks as always for tuning in, guys. As I said, you should check out the In The Black podcast. They're one of my favorite indie podcasts. So, you know, be sure to check them out. There's links in the description for those. Before I get into coming up, I want to talk about the new show that I've got. Um, it's called Star Wars Comics in Canon. Uh, you can find it on the Comics in Motion feed. Essentially, Comics in Motion is a podcast that I've done collaborations with before. They've been on my show. I've been on theirs. Um, when I did that sort of uh, Star Wars thing around Christmas as a run-up to The Rise of Skywalker, um, the guys from Comics in Motion, as well as Scott from 20th Century Geek, they were all involved. We did on each other's channel. So any regular listeners should be vaguely familiar with Comics in Motion as a podcast um so they basically asked me to do a show on there i think they're trying to eventually going to be doing one different show on their channel every day at current i think minus the fourth on there so they're released every saturday i've only released one episode so far and it's called episode zero hello there um and it's basically me just underlying what you can expect from the show um i will be releasing that episode on this feed at some point i think in the next week i may do it instead of releasing an episode on uh, this coming sunday because it is about half an hour long plus i'll have an intro and an outro to it potentially 
potentially or something. But essentially, it's me talking about Star Wars comics. Episode zero is me giving information on the difference between canon and legends, uh, the timeline of the Skywalker saga, um, a little bit of detail about the High Republic because they're coming out, what sort of comics and things I'll be covering, which is relatively all of them. And I'll be talking about the books and stuff like that a little bit and tying it in with other works for Star Wars and adding in trivia and that sort of things. So, and each episode isn't going to be about one comic. Each episode is generally going to be about either an event or a character or a recommendation. So there'll probably be one about Kylo Ren, which will be about the Rise of Kylo Ren comics, but also other comics he's been involved in, um, as well as other stuff. There's going to be like there's quite a few comics that came out before The Force Awakens, so I'll do one episode which is going to be about all the ones about The Force Awakens, essentially, what are good to read to assist with the watching of that. So that's the kind of thing you can expect from that. Um, as I said, it is on the Comics in Motion podcast feed. Um, I've included a link to their Acast site um, in the description, but if you type in Comics in Motion anywhere that you listen to Genuine Chit Chat, it will come up. And as I said, it's called Star Wars Comics in Canon. Episode 0 is currently out, and I should be really the same episode on here anyway soon but future episodes i likely won't be releasing on genuine chit chat it will just be on the comics emotions feed anyway just a quick brief on what's coming up i've got episodes recorded with frank burton um who is of the ragbag podcast he's been on the show twice before he's got a new book out so we speak about that and i also have goff of beer nuts productions on um that's going to be uh two separate episodes each of an hour long which are both really really good in different ways so they're they're basically the next four that i've got recorded obviously i mentioned i may be releasing the star wars star wars comics in canon episode uh this coming sort of sunday next sunday instead of a full episode which i may do i haven't fully decided uh then also i've got a recording with my mate reese tomorrow um, I don't know how long it's going to be or what really it's going to be about, except maybe a bit of meditation because he's got some interesting opinions on that. So he was the f- he's been on the show a few times before. He was actually the person who did the first ever episode of Genuine Chit Chat with me, um, and he's been in a few more since then. So that's what you can kind of expect from the coming weeks. As I said, please go and check out that Star Wars uh, podcast I've done over at Comics in Motion, and please check out Comics in Motion and the other shows on there as well. Um, I think it's Mandatory, Marvel and DC, and Indie Comics Spotlight. Uh, Indie Comics Spotlight is actually done by Tony Farina, who's also been on the show before as well. So, you know, it's all very uh, incestuous in that sort of sense you know we're all interconnected in the podcasting realms so be sure to check out that i really appreciate anyone checking out the show leaving reviews on itunes and all that sort of stuff is really appreciated and sharing on social media is really appreciated too because i don't spend money on ads or anything like that i rely on word of mouth and that sort of thing so yeah that's about it for me guys thank you so much for listening as always and i'll talk to you next week